Hey, everybody. I'm David. And I'm Eddie. And we're here again to bring you From the Spot. Uh, this week, a league edition. Eddie, tell me how excited you are for this episode. I'm super fucking excited, except I wish that my team hadn't lost the Derby over the weekend because, David, if Boca had won the Derby, I'd be talking mad shit right now. But now I, I feel have to you, all- bro. Now I have to be all contrite and apologetic and shit. So um, off the top of the show, to my cousin Eric and to one of my best friends in life, Milton, because um, I'm going to force you guys to listen to this. Um, you guys won. You guys played better. Still fucking hate the both of you, but I love you both and see you soon. Right, that's off the top. Eddie being humble. You're not going to get this all the time, ladies and gentlemen. So make oh, sure no, you I'm, save the date. Absolutely <laughs> fucking not. Um, make sure you replay the episode like 10 times just to hear it back. And make sure you tag us on your social media's post at Podcast from the Spot on Instagram. Um, I believe it's about time we should bring a Twitter soon. So look out for that. Um, hmm. And so let's get into the down and dirty. Uh, Now, Eddie, go ahead. Real quick, David, one more social media thing. You guys want to prove to us that you guys are really fans of the show? Start a fucking Reddit community, guys. Yeah, (laughs) dirtbags. That would be the shit. Uh, I think that would solidify me as um, a successful person if we had a Reddit community. So if somebody starts that, that would be One great. So let's get uh, down and dirty. United versus Everton, 1-1. One of the worst games I've watched in a very long time, uh, personally. Um, Eddie, do you have any thoughts on this? Um, look, it's just, uh, we'll get into it in like just a second, but um, you have to question only like, okay, was there Champions League mid- midweek? Yes. Is it a long season? Yes. Should you be starting Ronaldo every game? Also, yes. Um, you know, R- Ronaldo may be 37, but he's not at that point where you need to monitor his minutes yet. Like, dude's a freaking yeah. nature. His body hasn't broken down yet. So, push and that Ronaldo's bitch. 37 is a normal person's 30. Exactly. So, like, his 42 will actually be, like, 37. Um, So, you know, uh, start him. Start him until he proves he doesn't deserve to start, which, let's be honest, it's Ronaldo. It's not going to happen. Now, if you guys know, um, I don't usually believe in Everton because at some point, they always fall apart. But to get a point from a, a top six side, a good side. Man United are a good side, um, especially attacking-wise. Um, and I love that it was uh, Andres Townsend just scoring on a counter and then doing the C and then trying to apologize to Ronaldo and then Ronaldo being like, fuck out of here. Like that yeah. that was that was basically Ronaldo's reaction. He was like, get the fuck out. 
<laughs> but but David, out of the two of us, you are uh, a real Manchester United supporter. Uh, I woke up uh, to a text from you about like this was a shit game. <laughs> like, <laughs> I, I I believe that's what our text said was like just a shit game. Yeah, that's pretty much what it was. Um, at least as a United fan, um, you know, we weren't really sure when to bring this up, but Khabib and Sir Alex were talking post-game, talking about always starting your best players, kind of how you touched on. Um, <clears throat> there's no there's no upcoming fixtures right now. We're going into the international break, um, and we're so early into the season that on a greedy club level that managing Ronaldo's point or minutes at this point is not our problem. We should have maximized his points and had Portugal deal with that. Mm -hmm. um, so, you know, there was really no point to resting players. Um, Everton believed that they were going to come out with something the whole game, because even once, you know, we got on the scoreboard with Martial, um, they kept going. Um, the good thing about Martial scoring is he scored. We're on the, we've got a goal going. The bad thing is all is going to keep insisting that he's like going to come good, which honestly, at this point, I don't think he will. And I'm a huge Martial fan. I bought into the hype when he first signed. So that's kind of hard for me to say. Um, on Townsend's goal, it was just really shitty defending. Like, it was off a corner. Fred should have fouled. You know, you just take the yellow. Who cares? Um, Townsend scores, takes the piss out of Ronaldo and Old Trafford. Um, Everton deserved to win, honestly. Um, I, uh, I know some fans were saying like, oh, Everton are escaping with a point. But really, it was us escaping with a point. We got kind of lucky. Uh, they could have definitely won it. And Townsend would have really been like all the whole memes all weekend. Um, but really, this... In my opinion, these lost points uh, fall onto all his lap. Even the substitutions to me weren't great. Um, my boy Van de Beek had to sit on the bench again. You know, just for what? Like, he's a difference maker. Oh, he's world class. We know this. At this point, I don't even really know what to say. I'm not that excited for the upcoming fixtures, but hey, we'll see what happens. Um, I mean... Okay, from the outsider's perspective, David, um, everyone has dropped points. Chelsea's dropped points, Liverpool's dropped points, City's dropped points, you know, so it happens, but I feel like especially once Chelsea get it going like top gear, fifth gear, Chelsea, they're gonna pull a man city and like never drop points again for the rest of the season. They, yeah, they, and they just have so, to keep that gear. Yeah, know? and that that's the issue is that everybody, like United fans are trying to say like, oh, we're going to be all right because everybody's dropping points. And I agree, everybody's dropping points. But what we're not acknowledging as well is that I believe that this is peak Ole. Like, it's not going to get any better from this. Whereas... <laughs> This is only third gear Tuchel, and he's already kind of dominating teams. Third gear Liverpool's and City, which we'll kind of get onto later, um, that are already playing pretty good football. Um, I think this is fourth gear Ole, almost fifth gear grinding gears Ole. You know, I'm again, I'm not really 
that positive for the season. A top four finish would be successful from my point of view, but in actuality, we need trophies. We signed Ronaldo. We have Sancho, Van de Beek, even though he's going to ride the bench, Bruno Fernandes. Uh, there's no more excuses. Okay, question. Yeah. So top four finish in England. Right. Okay. That guarantees you Champions League football. Okay, but um, you just said you need trophies. So do you think you guys can go on a magical run in Europe and, like, win the Champions League? Or is Not that just with like- all his uh, tactics at the wheel. Uh, we have, the, I do believe we have the squad. Like, I'm not saying, oh, we have the, the best squad in Europe, but we have a squad that can compete. And in the Champions League, it's a knockout competition. It takes a little bit more luck than anything else. Um, we can rotate our squad properly to solidify top four and challenge in the Champions League. Try to knock out these teams. We've done it in the past where we do a solid run. So if we get a good tactician that can put it together against a, a Pochettino, uh, somebody who can go head to head with an Ancelotti. Um, sorry, dude, I'm not going to put Barca in there, but no. you know, somebody who can go against a Poli. Like if Milan make it to the knockout stage, I wouldn't doubt Milan knocking out Manchester United. It's even like I feel Pioli could not out, outthink on Ole, but that's just me. Um, but yeah, thinking look- about, uh, you know, uh, let's let's get away from this negativity. Let's. Speaking of a master tactician, let's get to Barca versus Atletico. Um, <laughs> you take the wheel, take the wheel. Okay, uh, so um, David, you kind of watched the second half with me, but most of the action happened in the first half. Actually, yeah, because I believe that um, the directive for the second half like, this is probably how the team talks went. Cholo went in there, you know, with the slick back hair and his Armani suit looking all fucking gentleman-like and said, you know what, boys? They just gave us their best shot and we're up 2-0. There's a, there's no way that uh, they're even going to get one, one on us. So just, you know, I'll leave it up to you guys. Do you guys want to embarrass them, you know, 4 or 5 nil, Or do you guys just want to ride out 45 minutes, no one get hurt, everyone goes away to their national team, does their international duty and comes back, and Atleti, being the professionals that they are, chose to not embarrass fellow professionals and ride everything out. Look, everyone's talking about Suarez scored. Suarez's little cell phone celebration, which yes. I like. But look, to me, the player of the game um, has to be Joao Felix. So if you guys didn't see it, Barca somehow had more possession in the first half. Like, it mm-hmm. looked like um, not peak Barca, but that Barcelona that had possession for possession's sake, but yeah. didn't really do anything with it like they just kind of had it kept it and you know it's like it's like that guy that goes to the strip club but he's like no i respect women and i'm not gonna ask for a laptop and it's like uh no, you're dude, already there bro 
<laughs> we convinced you to come. Like, you know? So it, it, it's like Barca was at the strip club, but was like, no, I'm not going to ask her to objectify herself, which is good. But I mean, she's there to objectify herself and make I money. So, um, you know, like Barca, um, there was one through ball that uh, Coutinho gave where I was like, someone get on the end of that. Nothing. And then it was just Memphis and Frankie. I I think they have this sort of like Dutch telepathy thing where they understand each other, but no one else on the team understands them. So, um, and then to me, uh, man of the match performance by Joe, Joe Felix, because even though Lamar got the first goal assisted by Suarez and Suarez got the second goal assisted by Lamar, both counters were started by Joe Felix. And it's because uh, no one in Barca's midfield just, like, no one could handle him. And it's because yeah. Barca's old and the kid's, like, what, 22? Is that how uh, old I think it's, I think he's younger than that, actually. Uh, I'm going to look this up because it's going to bother me. Uh, well, Felix. No, he's 21. You got you got a spot on. Um, he's, he's really growing into his boots. You know, oh, Joe, no. um, and I love calling him by his name. It's a Portuguese accent because it's Joao. Because like, uh, honestly, it's like wow, like this kid is yeah, fucking going yeah, places. Wow. Yeah, no, definitely Joao. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, it's crazy. Um, I'm a huge fan of his. I do hope he one day plays for Manchester United, but at the same time, he's at the perfect place learning from Cholo Simeone. Uh, oh, I don't yeah. think there's a club better club for him at this point. Um. No. Suarez taking the piss out of Coleman, I will always love. Um, but uh, I feel like Gris bringing Griezmann on was kind of detrimental to Atleti. We kind of like were like, "What was that shot about?" Remember in the second yeah. later on in the game, like he 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 had a chance to make it three 0 and just said, um, "Nah." He's like, "Let me just waste quote unquote waste possession." Um, I don't know. Now it's making me doubt that um, was this a masterpiece by Cholo bringing him back, or will he be long term detrimental to the chemistry of the team? Because uh, you, you know Suarez was lethal, and I wouldn't have doubted Suarez getting a hat trick had he gotten the two other chances. Look, um, Suarez has a has an axe to grind um, with Bansa, especially the way he was let go. Uh, via a phone call and not at least in person, you would expect as a professional, like, you're at least going to meet with me face-to-face, COVID or not, <laughs> you know? Um, and I think um, Griezmann really made friends at Barca and doesn't hate his time there. It's just he wasn't as successful as he wanted to be. And mm-hmm. I think... Um, I think if Messi was there, he puts that away just to be like, fuck you. But he's like, oh, all these guys have is Depay and Frankie. And <laughs> he felt I, bad for them. <laughs> and, and he was like, I, I, I can't do my friends like that. 
you know. Yeah, well, before we move on to the next game, two points I definitely want your opinion on. First one is um, there's a rumor that Barcelona will somehow have enough money to go after Raheem Sterling. Do you well, think that would be a fit for Barcelona? Look, okay. Look, I get that Pep secretly loves Barca and probably still wishes he was there. Secretly, you know? He's Barca through and through. But he wouldn't be doing the club any favors in somehow um, helping them get Raheem because, again, there's no one there to help actual guys with the... uh, the desire to attack and how are how are Barca going to pay his wages like he's on what like 200,000 a week something like that he's on pretty high wages yeah or, well, you know, well I, I I almost called him an average winger but that would be a lie he's he's definitely an above average that? winger but yeah. I don't know if I would say hey, let's break the bank to bring them in. Look, Barca could barely afford to pay the lunch lady. The lunch lady probably still shows up to work every day because she loves the club, you know? Right. And she's like, look, it's either go cook for the boys or go to the unemployment line. And at least with the boys, I feel like I'm helping. You know, so so if Barca can barely afford to pay the lunch lady, how are they gonna pay? Like rating, rating, um, Sterling out of ten, like, um, one being shit, ten being awesome. He's probably like a six and a half. You know. Yeah, that's that's a solid rating, at least from my point of view as well. And I've like. As a Premier League fan, Manchester United fan, I watched Sterling since he was in Liverpool. Um, even like when he went to City, to me, it wasn't that big of a deal. It didn't feel like he was going to be like an et player for them, which he's had some moments, but at the same time, there's a reason why he's riding the bench right now, you know? Yeah. Um, no, look, I, I definitely feel that when Sterling left Liverpool, it was his time to leave. And Pep has helped him develop into a, a better player. It's just um, he just hasn't become like the guy, like the guy that he everyone thought he was gonna be at least. You know, oh. at least who the media thought he was gonna be. But look, like let me let me take you to the second point though, because um. I'm honestly, it just wanted to set me up to this one. I just really want to get your your raw, like just your raw emotion on this, just because I know how I would feel as a fan if this happened um, at my club and how I would feel if this happened to me. But we don't know what happened first, but apparently Coleman's been barred from the media. He's not allowed to talk to the press anymore besides his pre-match and his post-match obligations. But somewhere between there, Pianic took the piss in the uh, media saying Barcelona would probably be doing better with a better coach. Go off. Look, look, no disrespect to Marlon Pjanic. Really quality player, quality guy. Can really help any team that he's on. 
but I'm still mad that he ever played for Barca because he cost us Arthur. Arthur was a really good player for Barca, a really, really decent guy. Yes. And we got Marilyn Pjanic. Now, it's not Pjanic's fault uh, that his time at Barca was shit because the club was shit. But look, Barca and Komen are like those two parents that know they should get divorced, but neither of them can afford it financially. So they're just going to stick together for the kids, even though their relationship is more toxic than it is beneficial for their children. Are they sticking it together for Memphis? uh, They're sticking it together. (laughs) Look, what... What happened was, is Barca was the wife, and she had a secret bank account that the husband oh. didn't know about. Okay. But um, she invested that money in, like, bad crypto, and she's down right now, so she can't afford the divorce. Dad secretly, which is Coleman, secretly hates the marriage. But he really loves the kids, so he's willing to stick it out for the kids. And it's like, you guys are just bad for each other. Like, let each other go. But they're like, no, we want to try. But that's really close for neither of us can afford to get divorced. All right. So I don't think I can handle Eddie um, describing my childhood any longer. So let's move on. We're going to move on to Liverpool versus City. You know, drawing 2-2. Shit. My bad, everyone. Um, I, I'd like to say it for the record, but my parents are happily married. So, um, <laughs> I don't know where that came from. Mine aren't. So, um, here we go. <laughs> Liverpool versus City. <laughs> no, oh, okay, look. This is what I will say. It's sad. A fucking manager should be able to speak to the press. So that's how shitty it is, is that... Yeah, that's kind of where I was going with that. Like, how do you feel about that? I know how I would feel. That's shitty. Yeah, because it's like... uh, That's like the one part of his job right now that he's probably at least looking somewhat forward to. Because, you know, goddamn well, he's not looking forward to training or to like the actual match day. You know he's not looking forward to that shit. Yeah, so, you know it for sure. Um, <laughs> but yeah, Liverpool versus Man City. Um, winner would have gone top, and so of course no one does go top because they draw two two, but a very entertaining two two. David, talk about it. So yeah, I agree with that. Uh, they were going pretty much back and forth. Um, the De Bruyne goal was, I feel, was more fortunate than it was like a great hit. Um, but hey, they also deserved it. Yeah, it was a mad deflection, but they also deserved it to draw. Um, I mean, man, that was a crazy good goal by uh, Mohamed Salah. And he tore apart the defense for Manes goal too. So this back and forth, man, that's the kind of shit I want to see Manchester United playing like. Uh, what, what did you think of that game? So, um, really quick, um, I was hoping Liverpool would go top 
just so I can talk shit to you about Liverpool being top. <laughs> but um, look, it, it's one of those things where we know that previous matchups, um, Liverpool has come out and within 15 minutes whooped Manchester City's ass, and they weren't able to do that this time. So it, the, the game kind of got interesting. Uh, unlike the Barca game, uh, this game picked up everything in the second half. Um, as you know, David, I'm a big De Bruyne fanboy. I'll say it again on record. If it wasn't for injuries, uh, Neymar wouldn't be the third best player in the world. It would be De Bruyne. Simple. Yeah. In my opinion. Simple. Fair. And uh, um, we're going into an international break, so maybe we can uh, have a episode where we can discuss kind of like things like that if y'all are interested in that let us know uh but keep going and then um mo salah's goal uh fucking class like um david i i know that this may be hard for you to admit but be honest would you not take mo salah in a manchester united jersey Absolutely. So something that I wanted to say is, um, so I know I'm probably going to get some shit from maybe a fan or two because I'm going to say this, but um, so Egypt isn't doesn't exactly produce class players traditionally. I know there's been one or two world class Egyptian players, woohoo, who cares? But in actuality, they don't, they're not really a footballing country in that sense. And the fact that Mohamed Salah is dominating Manchester City with one of the honestly biggest clubs in the world you know let's be honest it's a fact that liverpool worldwide is a major club it just says a lot about him you know he's he's there and not only just there he's not just there riding the boat you know he's not just a passenger he's an instigator in the team he you know he's going to grab a goal or an assist if not he's going to humiliate your uh your opponent's fullback you know, it's, oh. he's going to do something in the game. It doesn't matter what it is, but you know you're going to see world, a world-class player in action. So, and, um, David, I'm, I'm, I know that some fans say, oh, you know, Salah just has a bunch of pace or Salah dives a lot. To someone who's never seen Mo, Mo Salah, uh, which... If you somehow found this podcast and have never watched the soccer game, fucking welcome. <laughs> uh, right, let us des- describe it to you. <laughs> yeah, d- describe the way um, Mo Salah plays. The way I would describe it is fast swinger who can knock them in. He definitely reminds me of honestly a little bit of ryan giggs um, Mm -hmm. where he would take advantage of his pace and just shoot down the wing and then just cut when it was convenient if it wasn't he would whip in the cross and get the assist um sala doesn't whip in as many crosses as giggsy would uh, because he instead cuts in and um gives the ball like the manigo is a good example um but I don't think it's fair to say that he's one dimensional because no. he does, you know, he, he does a lot for that team. He stretches out defenses like crazy. 
Um, if he's not getting on the scoreboard, he's able to take the ball to the corners to open up space. He draws yep. defenders and holding midfielders away. He's just one of those players. And Liverpool would lose more by losing Mohamed Salah than by losing Firmino or Mane, in my opinion. Absolutely. And speaking of losing Salah, um, he is due to get paid. Um, if you guys don't know this, the owners of Liverpool also own the Boston Red Sox. And so mm-hmm. it, in baseball, um, the owners of the Red Sox are never af- afraid to blow it up and start over and still be good. But I don't think that um, they can afford to do that when it comes to Mo Salah. Yes, he's going to turn 30 soon, but he's just too good of a player right now to be like, we're not going to pay you because um, there would probably be riots on Merseyside if Mo Salah walks away from Liverpool because Liverpool refused to pay him what he wants. I, I think, and this is just a non-economist, just pure football fan opinion, and a new, definitely a neutral, because I wouldn't want this to go Liverpool's way because Mohamed's such a talent. But I, I think they should just restructure a deal where it'll go through, say, age 31, 32, option for age 32, so what? He's because he's about to hit 30. So a three-year deal, the third one's optional for the club and pay him that money those three years. Like pay him big yeah. bucks. You know, like he's worth it in my opinion. But oh, hey, if awesome. Liverpool let him go or they end up selling him power to them because that makes him weaker in my opinion. But um, uh, talk about a, a good game and a good comeback, almost comeback. I should have put an asterisk on that. Atalanta versus Milan. Uh, did you get to watch at least highlights of that? I, Any thoughts? You know, I was thinking about it last night. I was like, that sounds interesting. Never clicked on it. Tell me about it, David. So definitely a good game. Um, high pressing from Milan. Um, Atalanta definitely left themselves exposed for the first two goals. Like Calabri's goal was in 27 seconds. And then Tonali scores. Bro, they were like FIFA goals. You you need oh, to check uh, them out. They were um, almost like I, FIFA goals. I I actually just pulled up the highlights right here. So come on, get through the ad. Okay. Okay. Mm-hmm. 22 seconds on. Oh, wow. That straight up is like, oh. Oh, Clipper, what the fuck are you doing? Telling you. Straight up FIFA goals. That, that that's definitely a people goal where you pause and you either smash the controller on the ground or you rage quit that. <laughs> definitely. You what? You can't. was great. Um, oh. Leao's goal was another beauty. Second time we talk about Leao's great goals uh, on this podcast. Hopefully, we bring them up more and more. Um, but yep. Atalanta's comeback was kind of iffy, in my opinion. The penalty was a soft penalty, at least I think so. Uh, so really, 
more of a 3-1 would have been fair, I think. Um, Milan's goalkeeper, I said it once, I'm not going to... and I will Actually, I will say it again. Dunaruma is not missed in Milan. He, was, he is world-class, but he is not missed by Milan. Milan's replacement strategy was on point. Oh, absolutely. And and let, let me just say something real quick about um, certain teams. Certain teams that don't have the big money anymore um, do what AC Milan did and work on your scouting and find these quality players that not a lot of people would know off the top of their head because look at where AC Milan is now compared to where they were, like, say, three years ago. Exactly. And they're they're definitely riding this uh, wave of success up there. They're, I feel like they're going to challenge for the Sudatu this year, which is great because Milan have a spot in my heart since the Kaká days. So, oh. you know, let's hope they stay up there. Um, so, uh, Again, I will die on this soccer opinion hill. Long sleeve soccer jerseys are better than the short sleeve, depending on the team. And getting a number, he wore 22 at Milan, right? Or did he yes, wear Yes, sir. Eight? No, number 22. Getting a number 22, right in black, AC Milan, long sleeve would be like the dopest come up to any collection. I'm just saying. Yeah, I got to agree with that. That's somebody who loves jerseys. Definitely agree with that. But my sweet prince, I want you to take over this podcast because the time has come for River versus Boca. Fucking bullshit. Okay, all right, look. Okay, and this, this is something I didn't say about Barca Atleti that I should have. Barca Atleti was the first game in Spain with a full capacity crowd. And football with crowd is better than football with no crowd. Um, yes. That's, that's just simple facts. And so, um, you know, going away to El Monumental is always tough, but this was the first game where Argentina allowed even, I think it was 50% capacity. So um, going to a tough away day at a tough ground, um, it just, and with people there for, for the first time in forever, they were pumped up. And look, if you saw the game and you're like, oh, Marcos Rojo got two yellows within 15 minutes, that killed the game. Look, I'm not going to blame the ref because within five minutes, the ref had already given a yellow to Perez, I believe. And he's like a even legend now. And so the ref wasn't afraid to punish bad tackles or bad play. So you can't say that the ref ruined the game because this is what happened. Marcos Rojo, who I will still defend, but I'm pretty pissed at um, right now because he basically did cost us the game. He makes a tackle in midfield. Um, you can argue that he didn't have to. And I, I, I remember, I, I checked the clock. It said 
1408. So, you know, ref mm-hmm. gives a yellow. He he does this thing where he complains and he does the whole, that's my first one. You can't really, you shouldn't fucking call that. That's my first foul. Ref does the thing where, like, you left me no choice. It was pretty bad. So you look at the clock. By the time they're done arguing, it says, like, 1448. Play resumes. Obviously, because of the yellow, you know, leave it, have the ball. Boom. Through a ball. In front of the referee's face. David, you have children. What do you do when your child does something in front of you and you know they know better? What do you do, David? You punish them. Look, the referee wasn't even two feet away from him. And he just, again, he's just fucking picked up a yellow. Clock said 15.05. The ref was giving him a second yellow. My man, you didn't even make it 60 seconds. Look, one, I can forgive because like you said earlier, um, you know, you wanted Fred to pick up a yellow, you know, to stop that attack. Fuck it. Pick up a yellow. Deal with the consequences later. Marcos, you just did that. You literally can't do it again for at least another 20. Dude. And look, look. Um, I do have to give some blame to our manager for taking off Edwin Cardona, the only guy who could properly pick a pass and properly take a set piece to to get in that fifth defender or or to replace Marcos Rojo. I get it. You lose the center back, you have to replace him, but you can't... um, take out the guy that connects the midfield t- to the strikers. Not that yeah, early. Kind of defeats everything. But in defense of Marcos Rojo, I got to say that first tackle, I don't think that was a yellow. I think that was a very soft yellow. So in his defense, I do kind of feel for him for that first one. Second one was just a shitty tackle. Yeah, And, and, and look, um, I get it. It's a makeup call. Um, the, the ref just give Perez a yellow, so you have to give a Boca player a yellow. That's how derbies work. Because yeah. if you don't, especially in South America, you will probably be murdered if you show too much favoritism for the away side. I get it. That's um, fair. You know? So, um, but look, um, the guy who scored the goals for Boca, or, uh, wow, that's that, 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 that's how bad I wanted to win. Um, the guy, the, the guy who, yeah, Alvarez, two very, very good strikes. Credit to him, you know. Lever, uh, didn't do that thing where, um, oh, it's a derby, we don't want to lose it. They said, no, fuck that, we have an extra man, uh, we gotta make him pay, we're at home. You know, Lieber was playing to take the lead um, going into the international break. So Lieber topped the table in uh, Argentina. Boca were ninth. Uh, this really hurts our chances to get into Copa Libertadores. 
Um, if you guys want to know where to catch La Liga Argentina, get a fanage account. It's like seven bucks a month, and you get a whole bunch of South American soccer and a whole bunch of Turkish soccer. So if you're into South America and Tur- Turkish soccer, get a fanage account. You're welcome. There um, you go. Also, He's giving you life pro tips. Also, Eric and Milton, uh, it's still fucking good because they've been talking shit all week. <laughs> There you go. See, and unforgiving. That's what you got to remember from the spa is unforgiving. <laughs> yes, yes. Oh, and, and and real quick, um, if you guys want a really, really, um, um, like good video on how much this rivalry means to people, look up. Copa 90 on YouTube and then just type in Copa 90 um, Boca Juniors because I refuse to type Libre. It's um, it's the it'll say Derby Days and um, it's about a 55 minute video. Uh, they made this video for the Copa Libertadores final a few years ago um, and It goes into the club history a lot of both clubs, so it's it's a good watch. Trust me. All right. Well, one thing we definitely didn't want to forget because we are dilly ding dilly dong excited for. Oh. Well, okay, David, David, are we excited or are we more nervous? Dude, my anxiety has been through the roof today. I'm fearing like I'm gonna get a sudden headline of Ranieri's sack by Watford before a ball's even kicked. But hey, I hope he's successful. I love Claudio Ranieri, our yeah. fairy tale man. Look, if you're a soccer fan and you somehow hate Claudio um, um, Ranieri, um, fuck you. He's like, he's like everyone's footballing grandpa. I never had a grandpa. On either side, they both left the family. So that's why I like imagine him being like a very kind old man who's really into soccer so uh, Watford, he is the grandpa Watford don't fuck this up okay and look David um, we had kind of talked about it yesterday why did they fire Cisco okay look seven points in seven games not great but you're 14th does Watford think that they have a good enough squad to make Europe or something or like what's the reason behind it They're trying to win the league. That's why they hired Claudio. <laughs> oh, okay, look, everyone laughs, but he did it once. He he, he could do it again, you know. But it, it it obviously it it wouldn't be this season, right? Like yeah, what, no, it wouldn't. What what's the plan here? What why? I don't think Watford want to be successful. I mean, they just keep sacking their managers once they're somewhat successful and it's it's interesting uh yeah. if they go down i wouldn't be surprised at this point just for the fact that they tend to self-sabotage i wouldn't doubt okay. them selling all their best players in january too oh so like a star just gone yeah i wouldn't doubt that happening just being sold to just anybody too maybe arsenal oh uh, that way arsenal finished 14th <laughs> oh, oh, okay. Look, but like honestly, okay. 
Um, why do you think Claudio took the job? Because the lasting image of him for all of us who watch the Premier League should be him lifting that trophy at the King Power and us kind of blocking out of our minds that they fired him the very next season. Yeah, well, I think part of that is that, that he got let go. He traveled a bit. I believe he was in France for a bit. Um, in Italy, too. So I'm sure he just loves being in the Premier League. It's, uh, I mean, Leicester wasn't his first team here. He was uh, with Chelsea as well. So the competition is good. Um, I'm sure the squad at Watford had him interested. There's some interesting players there, man. Like, I'm not going to lie. Um, I like kind of I like watching Sar play. Um, he's a player I wish Manchester United had signed like two, three seasons ago. Um, he would have made a great rotation player. Um, I still think he's higher quality than some of our rotation players now. But um, hey, not let that, bygones be bygones. Not that not that Friday and Sar play in the same position, but I I think. Uh, most players are better quality than Fred. That's fair. <laughs> um, anything we've missed so far this episode, Eddie? Um, look, um, just, you know, international break. Uh, there will be talking points. Um, we hope we covered everything for you guys. We absolutely love doing this, and we will continue to. So. Please listen. Um, uh, so, look, international break games that you should look for, um, at least on our side of the world, the U.S. play Jamaica, and Salvador plays Mexico, and I'm scared shitless that we will be in Paris. And then um, El Salvador plays Panama, which is going to be a really, really tough game for us as well. So pray for us uh, to at least get one out of six points. Somehow. Um, oh, real quick, um, especially because he's scoring now. David, I know I can speak for you on your behalf, but David and I are super happy to see Raul Jimenez um, back and scoring and playing yes. well. So shout out to Raul Jimenez. Please have pity on our poor Salvadoran souls. Um if you do get uh, selected. Wait, can English players travel to CONCACAF regions or not? I believe I saw something about them softening the the guidelines okay. for them. So okay. regardless, I'm pretty sure they would have gone regardless. I mean, we saw Emmy. Yeah, David, th- there is something that we absolutely have to address. Uh, and I'm going to like go on a little bit of a diatribe for giving you time to find the proof. Uh, but rumors have it now that Kylian Mbappe officially did tell PSG, I want out in July, and they said no. And yeah. then um, um, if you guys don't know, um, what was it? Last week or the week before then, um, Mbappe was seen on the bench uh, telling a teammate that Neymar needed to pass him the ball. Um, David, just why? Okay, you have Messi, which is arguably the world's best player, um, and you have Neymar, a really, really talented guy. Um, and 
Look, you just lost the Champions League uh, two years ago, quote-unquote two seasons ago, uh, is better put. Um, why would Kylian Mbappe want out of Paris? So, um, so all that is true, him wanting out of Paris and informing them in July, which was way before the Messi signing. Um, so he revealed all this in an interview. PSG's you know, upper management's in shambles right now, trying to come up with a PR stunt. Um, uh-huh. But yeah, Killian came out. He said, I, I asked for July. They said no. Um, then... Uh, if you recall, the press kind of tried to say that uh, the president and Leonardo were saying that Killian didn't come out until actual August, but Killian himself said that no, the truth was that Real Madrid didn't bid until August, so it wasn't exactly Killian uh-huh. dragging his feet. So that was just kind of like a misreporting thing, media stirring shit up. Um, but the question being, why would he want now? Um, I it's his ambition. He's always wanted to play for Real Madrid. He okay. is a Cristiano Ronaldo fanboy, so he wants to follow his footsteps at the Bernabeu specifically. Um, he had posters of Cristiano Ronaldo doing the at the Bernabeu growing up. So, so wait, so question: Are you saying that Killian is that much of a? Of a CR7 fanboy that even though Messi's his teammate, he's like, fuck that man, CR7 for life. Well, it's not even that. I just think Kylian Mbappe honestly sees himself as the next best next big thing. So let's be real. If you're the next big thing, are you gonna ride the wave and play with Messi? and pick on all these farmers or are you going to follow your ambition because according to him like he's ready for this next step of going to real madrid the pressure of being at real madrid because they said are you tired of the criticism in paris and he said what like to not go to criticism at the bernabeu like that's one of the hardest places to play at cristiano's been whistled at the bernabeu fair point and and look um, obviously any footballer with any talent would be crazy to not want to play at Real Madrid. Fair. But look, Neymar supposedly left Barca to, you know, to win Ballon d'Ors and have his own team. And he picked PSG because let's all be real. It was supposed to be the easy way out. but yeah, And the money way out too. Yeah, and it, it hasn't worked out for Neymar. Now, I'm not saying it won't not work out for Mbappe because I think he's more talented than Neymar. So I'm just saying. Yeah, you, I agree. You may, you may be leaving a good thing for what should be a great thing, and then it just turns out to be an okay thing. I think, too, though, um, the recent league form is also kind of showing why maybe Mbappe was right in deciding, like, hey, maybe I should jump the ship. Not, again, because he decided in July, a whole month before Messi came on. Looking at the squad, they didn't exactly, and still don't exactly have a balanced squad, which has been their kind of uh, Achilles heel, per se, every season. Once they get deep into the Champions League, there's weird injuries, Players can't keep up because of the minutes. And... But, 
By weird injuries, do you mean that um, Neymar always takes time off during the knockout rounds of the Champions League? To allegedly bang his sister? Allegedly. Allegedly, yes. We don't have lawyers, so allegedly. Yeah, we and we can't afford a lawsuit, so let me throw another one in there. Allegedly. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah, so, so so I just I just wanted to touch on that. Like I'm I'm not dumb. Oh, like of course, of course, any player worth his salt. David would play for Real, for Real Madrid if Manchester United didn't want him. Yeah, in, I mean in, in a hypothetical situation. You know, so uh, let's, uh, let's I be real. I mean, it, in Spain, and if you're a follower of uh, La Liga, 90% of the time, you're either dreaming of Real Madrid or Barcelona. Um, the other one split between Atletico, Valencia, and Sevilla, probably. Um, yeah. And then, like, especially for our generation, David, because our generation had that team that was Zidane, Bex, Figo, Ronaldo. Roberto Carlos, Gavison, Guti, Raul, you know, like those are all guys that like got together somehow and you were just like, fuck, that's a good team. Yeah, like that should make your chest hurt. I remember <laughs> yeah. that. <laughs> yeah, no, definitely. So uh, I, I get it. I get it. I'm just, I, I wanted to talk about Mbappe leaving Paris. Other than that, um, I think that's a wrap, right? I think that's a wrap. Um, again, everybody, please follow us on Instagram at Podcast from the Spot. We'll announce a Twitter soon so we can uh, kind of get a little bit more personal with you guys, chat with you guys. Um, so make sure you follow us on Instagram for that. Give us a review. Leave some comments. Send some feedback. The more, the better. That way we can make this more about you guys um, as much as it is about us. Um, and we'll have a little bit of fun with the upcoming episodes or in the international break, of course, football related. But hey, that's a wrap from us, guys. Thank you. Goodbye. For sure. Laters. Um...